Welcome to Kenny's G League, the only podcast in the known universe all about the Rip City remix. On today's episode, we're going to chat with Gareth Kwok, the on-air play-by-play announcer for the Rip City remix. You can hear him announcing every home game on Fox 12 Plus. Before we get into our conversation, let's hear from our sponsor, Basket Ghoul. Basket Ghoul is your one-stop shop for blazers, accessories, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. This week, why don't you head on over to basketghoul.com and get a Scoot City hoodie. Scoot Henderson's been playing really well for the Blazers lately. Go grab a Scoot City hoodie. It's in that classic Blazers font. Looks fantastic. Feels great. I've got a couple of the hoodies, and they're super comfy. Go grab a Scoot City hoodie and show your support for Scoot Henderson and the Trailblazers. Welcome to Kenny's G League. On today's episode, we're joined by Gareth Kwok, play-by-play broadcaster for the Rip City Remix. You can hear him call every Remix home game on Fox 12 Plus. Gareth, thanks for joining the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, Eric. Uh, well, I just kind of wanted to uh, have you on. We'll talk about the remix, and we'll talk about uh, your journey in broadcasting uh, so far. So it's just a little bit of a uh, an icebreaker question. Um, what was maybe an early moment in, in sports or otherwise that kind of got you interested in the broadcasting route? I think for me, the, the epiphany for wanting to getting the broadcasting started in high school and you know, I think, you know, growing up, I wanted to be a baseball player, but once I figured out I was, I was never going to be taller than, than six feet and, uh, I was never going to be, have big muscles and whatnot. I, I figured the best, the next best way to stay close to sports was, was broadcasting. And I would kind of mumble and, and, and pretend to broadcast on my video games and, and with, when you know, while I was playing sports, you know, pretend to hit the last shot, yeah. you know, uh, at the buzzer at, at, when I were, I was at home or on the playground, um, but I, I figured I, I had a pretty good voice and I actually really enjoyed it. So I would, why not pursue this, uh, you know, for a, a career? So it actually started in high school as a, as a public address announcer, uh, doing the football games, the basketball games and doing all other, any other sports, even, you know, volleyball and lacrosse, um, just to kind of get my, my foot in the door and, and just sort of practice my, my voice and delivery and, and that really fueled my my passion for being on the air, being in front of an audience, and and just wanting to uh, be part of be part of the game in some way, uh, even though I knew I was not going to be a professional athlete at any point. So I think from from high school that really I think fueled the spark, and then going to college at Arizona State and getting my degree in sports journalism there, doing uh, lots of play by play and and baseball and basketball and uh, doing football as well. Um, really, I think started this whole this whole journey. I've been able to, to go on. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's that's such like a universal experience of 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 young sports fans. You know, just like playing in your driveway or whatever, and you have like your local broadcaster in your head, and you're like counting down the shot clock or whatever. Those are like <laughs> such fundamental you know 12 year old (laughs) sports experiences it feels like it seems like every kid does that it's great um and then like as you kind of uh you know got into broadcasting in college like you were saying were there any broadcasters in particular that you kind of started to 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 pull from a little bit 
Yeah, I think from a basketball standpoint, I really enjoy watching uh, Kevin Harlan from the mm. NBA on, on TNT. Uh, Mike Breen, uh, of course, who yeah. does the finals on ESPN and on ABC. I think just um, being able to watch, you know, you watch a lot of the national games and, you know, you just get to see why they make those games, why they're calling those games. They make those totally. games big. They make them feel meaningful. They're telling stories. And so, you know, you're just able to pull their vocabulary and what they do from situation to situation um, to, to make the games entertaining. And, and at the end of the day, this is entertainment. It's basketball. It's supposed to be fun. You know, these are the best players in the world, and they all have stories to tell. They're all making amazing plays and highlights. And so I think for, for me, those were the two, I'd say, basketball announcers. Mm-hmm. I really, from a national uh, perspective, that I really – grew to and grew liking to and uh i still you know watch and try and emulate from them as much as i can because i know there's a reason why they're sitting in those in those seats and calling those big games yeah absolutely uh, yeah those are two great examples right off the bat i mean if you can make <laughs> uh you know bang your catchphrase that like everyone knows <laughs> you gotta be doing you gotta be doing something right <laughs> you can make a one word catchphrase yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah and um I'm just kind of curious. I'm like only a basketball fan. I don't really follow other sports. I'm a, I'm a weirdo in that way. Um, but it looks like you've called just about like every sport <laughs> in existence, you know, whether that was like through college or, or high school. Um, what is that? I don't know. What is that like to kind of balance all of those different things? Because to me, I have, you know, a hard enough time like learning new rules in basketball, whether that's like how the G league has a couple different rules, you know, I'm still like, Oh yeah, that's right. They only do one free throw or whatever, you know? Um, what is that like to like, to go between all these different avenues that are totally different in my mind? Well, that's a, that brings up a funny story because the very first, uh, game I ever broadcasted on the radio for the, uh, my college station was Arizona state women's hockey. And I, I've, I'm not a hockey fan at all. Like I'll, I'll watch casually sure. the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, but yeah. all the rules and everything, icing, whatnot, it just goes right. way, way <laughs> over my head. So when uh, the directors at the student station are telling me, hey, uh, you got a play-by-play call, you're going to be calling Arizona State women's hockey. I was like, okay, great. Like, uh, I, I don't know much about hockey, but we'll, we'll make this work. And it's it's really just kind of a crash course on, on the rules. And yeah. I was trying to you know, reach out to anybody who knows the sport, like, you know, maybe some of the Northeast, uh, Northeasterners who, uh, have, have what they watch it more and they mm-hmm. understand the game. It's, it's a lot of, um, you know, research and just trying to pull from whoever you can. And so that, you know, from doing that hockey game, uh, you know, more opportunities came about for me, you know, doing, you know, basketball and then, then doing some baseball okay, and yeah. softball. And then, you know, even I got to call wrestling and I, you know, I don't, oh, really? I don't watch wrestling. I never watched wrestling before up until Arizona state yeah. until my, I got to college, but you know, I had a, a high school buddy and he, he wrestled in high school. And so that's how I, he, he became kind of my wrestling expert about what are the rules and what, what's the, you know, the scoring like. Yeah. Um, but just for me, I think because I've been able to do all these sports, you know, you, just the versatility aspect in broadcasting is so important. Um, you know, especially, um, you know, everybody wants to be calling the big sports at some point, but, mm-hmm. um, you think, I think it really helps in this day and age if you can call, you know, just 
about any sport there is. And I've been lucky to call seven, eight sports and not just, uh, you know, stay in one sport. Um, as much as I love to stay in, you know, baseball, basketball, football, it's been a real benefit for my career to be able to really expand and, and take an appreciation as well for what, you know, these other athletes are do at a high level. Um, and it just, for me, it was all about trying and experimenting with something new and, and, and trying out something that I've never done. And I, something that I still look fond back at, at, uh, as a, as a fun memory from doing those, even those, those wrestling matches, those hockey matches, yeah. tennis matches, um, and being able to say I did those. Yeah. Oh man. That's, that's really neat. You got to be able to be super flexible to like <laughs> do all of that different stuff. That's really cool. <laughs> Um, and then getting into to more the remix specifically, um, you know, we're only, what, 11, 11, 12 games into the season so far. Um, as we've gotten started, you know, brand new team, never had a minor league basketball team here before. Um, are there any uh, players maybe on a two-way or or players that the Blazers have sent down that have kind of stuck out to you so far in the season? What are you seeing? I mean, yeah, the two big ones that that come to mind, uh, Moses Brown and and, and Ryan Rupert, and yeah. uh, you know, just it, it's it's fun because they, I think you can kind of tell when they, you know, when they're on the floor, they they bring a bit of an energy, they bring yeah. a presence to 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 the you know to everybody out there, to the fans, um, but just the way that Moses has been playing. Uh, when he when he does have a remix uniform, and ultimately the goal is for him to be on the Blazers and with the parent club, but you know he's doing what he should be doing. He's getting mm-hmm. he's he's a beast in the paint. He's he's a glass cleaner. You know he's he's protecting the rim. I mean he's doing really I think everything and and more so of what's been asked uh, from him. And uh, you can kind of tell too. I, I know uh, my, yeah. my partner Devon Pouncey and I we would talk about it during the break, but. Every time he's uh, he's he's rattling the rim, he's he's letting out some emotion. He's he's definitely pumped up and kind of this. Hey, like this is you know I I can I can do this at, at this level and I, you know I you know I can I can be back up at that level too. And just uh, I think it's been fun to watch him just uh, you know do everything from you know scoring, rebounding, he's defending, and then from a Ryan Rupert's standpoint, from a you know a guy that's from you know all the way from France and he's here in the states. At, at 19 years of age and, you know, after playing in Australia at the NBL and, you know, it really seems like he's, he's starting to feel more comfortable. And this is what the G league is about. Really. You know, it's about guys who haven't gotten a lot of reps and who haven't gotten a lot of minutes, but this is where they come in really a pressure free environment to take as many shots, uh, get their run in and, and just try new things. Um, you're going to make mistakes. And he has certainly, you know, made some mistakes in the first couple of games, but yeah. what's impressed me the most has been his, his shooting. Um, you know, a guy that wasn't really considered to be a, like his three point shooting wasn't really yeah. considered to be a strength, but for him, uh, we've seen him from the catch and shoot be a knockdown shooter. I mean, he's yeah. shooting 45% from beyond the arc, which is really, really impressive. Um, and I think off the dribble and, and his, his, his shot creation will get better as he just continues to mature. But Already from the start, we're seeing him from the corner, from the wing. When he gets that ball right in his sweet spot on the catch, he can knock it down. So I'd say those two for right now have really have stood out to me. And, and there's definitely more others that we could talk about as well. But um, those two for sure. Yeah, yeah, me too. Absolutely. I, I was thinking about Moses Brown specifically, too, because uh, I went to that that home game a few days ago. Uh, 
And he was letting out some emotion on like every basket, you know, <laughs> and I don't think I've ever seen that from him, at least that much, you know. So it seems like something, something got into him. And then I was watching the the Blazer game a day or two ago, whatever it was. And he kind of got his first rotation minutes of the season, more or less. Um, and again, there were a couple plays on defense where he was the vocal leader on defense and if I could hear that through the TV, you know, I'm sure he, it was obviously <laughs> more obvious in person. Um, and so I was like really impressed. I was like, oh, something got into this guy, it feels like. And he's just really um, showing emotion out there, both like vocally and, and physically, you know, all those finishes he's had recently. He's just like trying to tear the rim off the basket, it feels like. It really does seem like he's 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 trying to tear the rim apart and bring the bring yeah. the basket down. But I, it's just one of those things too. And I, I've talked about it too on the broadcast is where, uh, you know, he he was a guy that you know started out his career in Portland, and there was no yeah. G League team there back at, at the time. So you really kind of wonder, hey, if there was a team like that back then, where you know he probably wouldn't be in this situation. He could be already you know uh, in the rotation at, at least as. Uh, you know, in the second unit with somebody, but yeah, um, just you know, at least it's. I think it's good for him, and this is exactly why the Blazers and the you know organization want to fast track this process, and they didn't want to wait, you know, to have have this thing get started. And I, we're we're starting to see the rewards from guys, you know, not just Moses, but all you know down the down the roster in terms of their development. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy to see so quickly that it's like these are you're really seeing it pay off already you know Moses Brown uh being a perfect example and then you're already seeing Ish Wainwright play a game or two here or there kind of getting back up into condition and I think the Blazers had done that before but it had been quite a while you know they used to have a I guess it was the D-League back then. They used to have the Idaho Stampede, but <laughs> yep. it was kind of rare that they sent anybody there, and maybe they would send someone to to the Clippers G-League team, but then it's like, well, mm-hmm. they don't have the coaches. They're not really like incentivized to give that player playing time over whoever, you know? And so, I yeah, that's exciting for me. I'm, I've always been one of those people that just gets excited about like a second round pick or whatever, because it's sort of like a, a mystery. Any, this guy could be anything, you know, he could be that long shot player that like really takes off or he could become a, a rotation guy or who knows. So it's kind of uh, perfect for, for, I think fans like that, that are like, Oh, I want to see <laughs> this guy become something, you know, and it's like the perfect Avenue for that. Um, so that kind of actually brings me into my next question. Since you've, you know, spent more time um, with like minor league baseball and stuff like that. Uh, like I said, I don't really follow baseball, but my understanding is that um, the NBA kind of wants the G League to to function a little more like minor league baseball have than it did in the past anyway, you know, have a little more like of a development curve to it than maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, and obviously you have... Uh, like the Ignite, which is probably the perfect example of Mm -hmm. like, this is how we take super young players and kind of try to fast track them in development. Um, So I'm just curious, since I don't know a whole lot about minor league baseball, what kind of um, comparisons, similarities, or differences have you seen from like the way minor league baseball functions to the G League? Yeah, I think the, well, you know, the biggest difference that 
well, with minor league baseball, there's, there's four levels of minor right. leagues, um, you know, with, between that, um, to, to, to climb your way up through before you can reach the majors and with, you know, the G league, there's really just one level. Right. So, mm. um, but you can, you know, I'm, what I've started to realize too, is I think with, you know, with baseball, there's, there's so many more, you know, roster spots. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's 40 man rosters and just, I think the opportunities there are a little bit more that in my opinion, then compared to NBA sure, yeah. and G league. And I mean, uh, you know, and you're, you're seeing like the G league competition is I, well, I've been, I've been really, really impressed with the way they play. I mean, everybody's a, a shot maker and everybody very athletic and, you know, they can, they're doing, they're playing high quality basketball. Um, but again, it's just roster spots are thin, you know, especially, and if you're trying to get meaningful minutes, you know, they, these, mm-hmm. these teams have their rotations already set out and it's hard to really crack the rotation. Um, you know, baseball, you know, there's always someone who's, who's looking for a left-handed pitcher, you know, mm. at the bullpens, you know, a left-handed bat off the bench. I guess it could be a little bit more specialized, but, um, That's but I think this is exactly why you have, you know, uh, this is why, I mean, you know, for, for a city like Portland and where, you know, in the past they would send their players to different cities and different teams, but they're not running the same systems mm-hmm. as they are in Portland. You think a team in, in Wisconsin or in Ontario is running the same system as, as what the Blazers are doing? I, I mean, absolutely not. I mean, this is why you have everything in-house so that the philosophies and the coaching styles and what, you know, what the plays they run, they can mirror that. They can mirror what Chauncey Billups is doing mm-hmm. up there with the parent club. And so that's sort of similar with what minor league baseball, everything's in their, their philosophy when it comes to what information, what data they want to pull to help improve their players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to their pitchers, when it comes to their hitters, you know, do they want to emphasize more on, on contact? Do they want more power? Uh, so I think just it all, it's all, you know, minor leagues is all personnel and trying to figure out what you want to do with your personnel, what philosophy and what emphasis you want to have. Uh, when you eventually make it up to to the to the big leagues or to the NBA, so I think for me though, just from a personal standpoint, yeah. you know, with the players, everybody really no egos with these guys because they mm. they all know they're all grounded. They all know the job's not finished, and and that's you know their job is to you know make it to the NBA or mm-hmm. make it to MLB. So you know for them it's they're all very you know down to earth people, which I certainly enjoy from a just from a a person to person standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. You know, I uh, hadn't really thought about that. You know, you kind of have to have that mindset of like, I'm not there yet. I have to keep going and I'm not, you know, too, too important for this or something like that. You know, it's it's part of mm-hmm. it's part of getting to the next step, I suppose. Yeah. 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 So what are so what are you seeing from those guys maybe that um, are are still hoping for that next step, you know, that are. Uh, maybe they haven't been assigned to an NBA team yet, uh, or they've spent some time uh, pre- in previous seasons in the G League already. Um, what kind of are you seeing from some of those players that the Remix have uh, that are hoping to take that next step? What's the season been like for the rest of the roster? Yeah, I mean, uh, a guy that I can think of, you know, an Ashton Hagens, right? Yeah, now, who's yeah. kind of become, you know, their their the fact their 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 point guard right now, mm-hmm. and just from you know, the way you could, you can kind of see why, you know, this guy was, 
you know, really, you know, he was talented in college, you know, former, you know, SEC, you know, defensive player of the year at Kentucky. And he was in a tough spot because that was, that was the COVID year, you know, his, his season got cut short and, you know, they didn't get to play an NCAA tournament. And that was just sort of a weird anomaly of a situation, you know, where things were totally out of, out of the ordinary. Right. Yeah. So for him, but you can see the tools. I mean, there's, you know, he's just such a creative passer and he can get the pass off in any, any angle, you know, over the head, you know, from below the waist and whatnot, Mm -hmm. you know, the way he's able to do that. Um, you know, a guy like Malachi Smith, who's, who's become a, just a, uh, you know, a microwave when it comes to him scoring the basketball three level score. Um, you know, just, I think those guys and, and, and there's certainly many more on the remix too, who are just trying to make the most of the minutes too. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard on a team. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to get reliable and, and meaningful minutes. And, you know, sometimes you're only granted 12 or 15 and, yeah. um, but I'm sure you, you, you ask Jim Moran, you ask anybody, you know, that, you know, you got, you need guys who are ready to play, ready to right. go, you know, make the most of their situation. And, uh, you know, We've seen guys that have stepped up off the bench and they, they provide a little spark, whether it be defensively or offensively. Um, so, you know, we're still early on in the season. Right. But um, but I think that's just I think the fun part is just you never know who's going to who's going to kind of provide the little spark, who's going to uh, provide the contribution uh, besides the usual guys, who's going to provide the contribution that that could ultimately help the team. You know, that could be the difference between winning or losing. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's such a good point, um, and and actually the the COVID year in you know college sports is is it's it's easy to for me to feel like that was a long time ago, but you're only kind of just now seeing a lot of players really that went through that, and for whatever reason you know their career kind of took a different path, and they're still finding that different path. That's like super interesting to me because I I think you know. <laughs> sports or otherwise so many people kind of found that you know through the last few years it's like okay i need to take a different path or whatever what's that going to look like um and i i, I kind of i'm curious about uh jeray foster as one of those guys too he's one of those players that i'm just interested in because he's had a lot of injury history some serious injuries that kind of changed his uh college trajectory you know and now he's finding a new way forward in that, you know? Um, so yeah, lots of players on the roster that are kind of finding new, new ways to, to take their sports career, you know, in, in, in different directions. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned Jeray and his injuries and just kind of you know, he was, he was a grad assistant coaching at his alma mater at SMU, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before that. So this for him, you know, he's an older guy, but this is still right. his, his first year playing any sort of professional basketball and he's been able to, you know, slide in as a nice rotation piece and, and, and space out the floor and hit the three when need be. And, you know, a lot of guys too, that come from international backgrounds, they, they yeah. played overseas and they were able to, you know, get some playing time, you know, make their money there. And now, you know, they've been able to take their game up a level mm-hmm. and now, Hey, let's, I, I want to take another shot at, you know, trying to make it back into the league and back into the association here. Um, and so I just think that part, you know, for me as a broadcaster and me, you know, trying to find stories, that's yeah. one of the more interesting parts and, and the more fun parts is you never know what background and what story you're going to get, you know, from a guy like, you know, an Alex Reese who was all the way, you know, in Belgium or, mm. or pardon me, in, in Luxembourg actually, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> playing basketball. And, you know, you got 
guys like a, you know, a George Condit as well. You know, George was in Greece and Puerto Rico at one point playing, and now they're back here. Uh, you know, it's just that's the fun part about it. You just never know what what story you're going to get from these guys. Yeah, that is, I think, one of the uh, exciting things about going to to games and and watching them. You know, is there's uh, it's essentially a, a blank slate to me. You know, you learn so much about all these players that if you don't follow college sports or, or international basketball, you probably uh, might be seeing for the first time, you know? Uh, and that's like, I talk to uh, friends that are Blazers fans and whatnot. Um, and they usually are wondering like, well, who's, who are these guys? Who's on this team, you know? So then we'll get to go to a game or, or watch one or, or whatever. And it's, it's a whole new uh, world of basketball. Uh, well, before we get out of here, um, I guess one one last question to kind of round it out. Uh, I've got a lot of uh, Blazers fans and friends, um, and they are totally new to to minor league basketball, to the G League. If they're going to go think about going to a game, what would kind of be some some things to know before you uh, about the league to, before you head out to a game? Well, I tell you what, I think with any, you know, with the G League and really any minor league atmosphere, there, there's there's not a bad seat in the house whatsoever when you come to the Child Center. Uh, if you want to check out a remix game, there's there's not a bad seat at all. You could be um, you could be close, but even if you're, you know, a couple rows up, I mean, this this is this is it's a great view. There's again, um, everything very reasonably priced. You can get your hand fruit, you know, for a couple dollars, you know, you can get a your Rip City Remix IPAs for $7. And just everything is at an affordable price. It's family friendly. Bring the kids. We have a, we have the bouncy houses. We have the the kids zone for them to to hang out and play at. And we have a little beer garden as well. If you want to take in, take in a drink and watch the action from above. Um, And, and just the access to, to the players that is sort of unparalleled to really any other, you know, professional, league or organization you know, our guys are so are very nice uh, you know after the game to take pictures with the fans and you, you know you can talk to them and chat it up with them for a couple minutes as well just those things between you know the prices the view you know the you know, being able to interact with the players you know guys that you just saw running up and down the floor you never know you know who knows maybe that guy makes it into the the league uh and, and plays um, I just think those aspects as well, you're getting family, fr- uh, family friendly entertainment and you're checking out the, the future stars of tomorrow at a great price. Um, and so definitely would highly recommend anybody in the Portland area. They want to check out some future blazers, uh, come to the child center at the university of Portland. And if you can't make it out there, well, you certainly can tune in to me and my partner, Devon Pouncey on, on Fox 12 plus for every home game. But um, I, that's just what the, the beauty of minor leagues is, is uh, you, get, you never know who you're going to see and who might make it up and who might make it big at some point at, at a price that uh, is not going to, is not going to, I don't know, destroy the wallet or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, we'll get out of here on that. Thank you so much uh, for joining the show. I really appreciate it for anyone uh, that's interested. Where can people keep up with what you're doing online? Yeah, you can follow me on on is it Twitter now X? I guess uh, you can you can follow me at at Hey G Quok H E Y G K W O K, 
And um, yeah, feel you know always if you're at the if you're at the arena at the Child Center and, and want to chat it up, happy to do so before the game, after the game. Um, so um, yeah, looking forward to uh, being back out there in a couple of weeks. And and uh, please yeah, pl- please say hi if you're if you're at all at, at the in the area or at the game and want to chat it up. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Kenny's G League. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Kenny's G League. Share this episode with a friend, share it with an enemy, and we will be back soon with a brand new episode.